Some of the major storylines and some of the smaller storylines of what we can unearth today on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. We'll talk about some trade values. We'll obviously give you our, our uh, opinion on the Brewers bullpen and who you need to be picking up. I am Adam with Scott, with Heath, and with Chris. Four-man show. Guys, Scott White is running Team Scam. He is making ad drops without even telling me. Oh, I had to do it, Adam. That you could have told me. Did you want me texting you at 1230? Sure. Okay, I didn't know you were up. Sorry. I would assume most people are asleep at that. I, hour. I texted Adam at like 1 a.m. two days ago. Yes, you did. I I was asleep, but uh, yeah, you picked up Matt Albers, right? Yeah, yeah. And look, I don't, I don't think anyone really knows who's going to take over as the closer for however long Corey Knebel's out, and I would guess it's a pretty lengthy absence, maybe six weeks plus, as uh, as much pain as he seemed to be in with that hamstring injury. Um, so I, my guess is Matt Albers because he's been the eighth inning guy so far this season and because he was better than both Jacob Barnes and, uh, certainly Jeremy Jeffers last year. Obviously the best reliever other than Knebel that they have is Josh Hader, but I feel like he's so valuable in that multi-inning role, that bridge to the closer that they would be reluctant to move him out of that. Kind of the same argument I was making against Archie Bradley closing for the Diamondbacks, but I think it's even more obvious in Hater's case. Good chance in the kind of leagues where you're desperate for saves, Hater's owned anyway. Yep. Uh, so Matt Albers would be my first choice of those other three, Jacob Barnes and Jeremy Jeffers being the others. Yeah, and so here are the ownerships. Hater's 60% owned, and he's been great so far. He's pitched three innings over two appearances with seven strikeouts, one hit, one walk, no runs. Uh, they've all been pretty good. Jacob Barnes has pitched six innings and four appearances. Uh, Matt Albers is 4% owned. Barnes is 11% owned. Albers 4% and, uh, Jeffers 2%. So Hader actually was probably the one that most people ra- rushed to pick up, but he was already owned in a lot of my leagues. He's 60% owned. Scott's going for Albers. Cram, uh, Kreef, how about you guys? <laughs> Team Cram. <laughs> and Sheep. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes, it's exactly what you said before we started the show. Yeah, Albers is the way to go. Oh, okay. Okay, yes. great. Pick him up, would, everybody. I would hope Josh Hader can get a chance if Albers fails, but he probably won't be the first person. Don't, am I the Jacob only? Barnes seemed the most popular pick on Twitter last night. It's worth noting. I I remember last year watching a couple of Jacob Barnes' appearances and getting excited before he just completely blew up, so I do think there is a little bit of upside. Yeah, you could pick up Barnes too. I mean, it, and Jeremy might, Jeffers has actually done it before, right? Yeah, for a very short period yeah, of time. Yeah, no, he's been a closer before, but he was he was terrible last year. I, it would it would simply be a comfort thing with Craig Council. Oh, I've seen this guy close before. Tom Hadricourt of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel did say Barnes is a candidate to close. Okay, so Barnes eleven percent owned, Albers four percent owned, Jeffers two percent owned, and Hader sixty percent owned, and we'll see what happens. And Knable could be out for a while. He has a hamstring strain. Uh, you know, it looked painful. He's going, he's, if he's not already on the DL by the time you hear this, he will be. And, uh, he could be, this, this stinks. Uh, sorry for the Corey Knable owners. 
some other news items, and we're hoping that these are day-to-day things, but Miguel Cabrera left with a hip injury. Christian Yelich sat with oblique tightness. And I thought my fantasy seasons were over. Adam Eaton left with an ankle injury. Uh, I thought it was going to be worse. He says he's day-to-day. It was apparently some scar tissue moving Probably around. Probably just overuse. Could be. He was. He's not he's really running. He's just running the bases so damn much. He's not really running full speed. Yeah, he is running the bases. You don't have to run full speed when Bryce Harper's behind you and you're getting on second base with a double every time. This guy's hitting the crap out of the ball. Eaton did run full speed on the play in which he got hurt. He was sliding into home plate. and uh, yeah, so Not a great slide. Away. I actually saw it was slide. a scar tissue thing with his knee. But I did also see x-rays on the ankle negative. So so he also hurt the ankle when he hurt his knee last year. It's what I was led to believe. And ah. I thought, in any case, yeah. sounds and like a day-to-day. The, the ankle bone's connected to the knee bone. It's somehow, sure. <laughs> uh, uh, James Paxton got attacked by a bald eagle yesterday. Viciously attacked. It's terrifying. Canadian James Paxton. Very nice poise by Paxton. And he is fine. And he pitched well. I, I mean, I was worried about, like, the eagle just tearing off his ear. When, you know, it made it to the shoulder, but just the talons itself, even through the yeah, uniform. That, that's, that has to hurt. He has to be bleeding. Well, he, I mean, he's no. always had the talent. We've just not <laughs> known if he could hold up. He gave a pretty detailed play by play of what happened. And he said he didn't think that it punctured the skin. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. But my God, that was terrifying. That was horrifying. Uh, yeah. That was like a, that was like a, a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not really going to talk too much about what went on yesterday. I think we're going to take a more of an overview of what's happened so far, what has stood out to us. And I don't even know what you guys are going to talk about. You're going to surprise me. But one thing we do have to talk about is Michael Conforto, who said, no, I don't want to sit. I want to go up against the best. I want to face Steven Strasburg. He led off for the Mets yesterday. In the fifth inning, he had a two-run homer. Conforto's 93% owned. He struggles against lefties. We do know that. Um, so keep that in mind. But we have an email from Brian. Would you trade Michael Conforto right now for Tommy Pham? Yes. I'd much rather have Pham. Guys? I don't know. I mean, Pham's top 12 outfielder for me. A top 10 outfielder, I think. Ooh. Certainly in Roto, he's top 10. So, I mean... That's been the case all along. I don't know why you're reacting to it strangely yeah, right. now. Yeah, we always do. Scott I thought there likes. was Wait, a... Scott likes Tommy Pham? <laughs> no, I thought there was a moment where we thought it was funny because Scott was the Tommy Pham guy, but I had him ranked higher everywhere. And I've never had him higher than like 15th. So that's You why... may have had him higher in like the combined rankings as okay. opposed to position by position. Okay. It's possible. Okay. Well, uh, Kreef, uh, you guys want to weigh in? Pham, Conforto? I think I'd still go fam probably, but yeah, it's really, really close. All right. If you own Conforto, you got great value on him, and let's hope he can have another nice season. And what did he hit? 27 home runs in 109 games last year, but we'll see what happens with lefties. I don't think he'll sit. Just hopefully he won't be bad. Chris, you asked an interesting question before the show. Acuna or Conforto, where do you guys stand on that? Yeah, I got that one a couple times on Twitter, actually, and I mean – I can't imagine a scenario in which you would ever drop either one, but I'd rather have Conforto. He's done it. I'd rather have Acuna, and I'll tell you why. He's the base stealer of the two, and I think he's going to be a big base stealer. And I have w- once he arrives, I have fewer playing time concerns for him. I mean, Conforto has historically been bad against lefties, and he's not a natural center fielder. Or so uh, we didn't we we saw him sit more regularly than we would have liked even last year. Yeah. Now, the NL-only owners really need to pay attention to what's going to happen in the Mets' outfield when they face lefties. They could just 
keep Gonzalez at first base and go Cespedes, Conforto, Bruce, or they could move Bruce to first base and get Ligaris in there, or, or they can sit Conforto, or they could sit Bruce. So we'll see. It's more for NL only. Um, hey, everybody, I want to tell you, please spread the word about our podcast. We want to keep it growing. We're doing great. We really appreciate it. We're proud of what we're doing, and we're really happy to have all of you listeners. We're so happy that you guys interact with us at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. But it would help if you told your friends. Maybe you want to tell your friends that aren't in your leagues. I get that, but, you know, whatever you can do. And please leave us a nice review on, on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, or wherever you listen. Leave us a review. Give us five stars. Um, but, you know, help us grow. We'd really appreciate that. If you're interested in our other podcasts, go to cbsports.com slash podcast. What I would say is, like, you should even tell your friends that are in your league. Most people that listen to the show have a favorite or two favorites. They're a Scott White guy or they're a Chris guy or they're a Heath guy. Just tell your friends the opposite. If you're a Heath guy and you really just listen to what I say and you get irritated by Scott, then you say, man, that's Scott White. I really like what he does. He does it. And then they will listen to Scott and – if you're wrong, then they're going to win their league. But just tell them the opposite of who you like. I think you should like all of us in equal measure. You should not <laughs> take either. parts from each from what each of us says. Now that part is that's true. a good make idea. It your own. Just build a Frankenstein. You definitely need out of the four of us. None of us are 100 percent accurate. You need to have a favorite. Adam's hair. You don't arms, need to have my favorite. beard. Yes, you should. You should like us all as a unit. We are Heath. We Lettuce. are non-zero chance. We're a band. That's right. But you know, there's always. We're never going to break up. Some people like the guitar solos the best. Some people nope. really like the dude on the drums. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one person might like me because he emailed us and said, I traded Johnny Cueto for Madison Bumgarner yesterday in a Roto League, and I gave it a big thumbs up. Um, i got to talk more about Cueto in a bit, but we're always looking for, for sell highs or buy lows. we got an email from Rob. It says, hey, Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath, close enough. Would you be looking to sell high on David Price? And what would be high, pitcher and hitter, selling on David Price? David Price is a weird one to figure out. He's not getting very many swinging strikes. He has gone the the way of the old pitcher and stopped throwing his fastball as much as he has in the past, which is weird because his fastball hasn't exactly lost much effectiveness early on. He's throwing it pretty hard. Um but generally what you want to see is like what happened with Cole Hamels this year so far, where he's throwing his fastball less to compensate for the loss of velocity as he ages, but he's getting more swinging strikes as a result of relying on his breaking balls more. And David Price hasn't seen that yet. So I actually, it's two starts. I'm having trouble figuring out what to exactly make of David Price. I think selling high on him is not a bad idea, given the elbow injury. Is there a lot of difference between what David Price is doing right now and what Johnny Cueto is doing right now? Like, don't, shouldn't you feel pretty similar on the two? Or Are you asking John me? Lester, who was good last night. I uh, think I think Cueto's lost more stuff than Price. Like, definitely. I feel like it wouldn't take much for Price to get back to prime Price. I mean, I Price, is, Price is throwing that anymore. Price is throwing three miles per hour harder, and he's left-handed. But I do. I mean, there is. If you want to sell high on price, I think the case is the elbow injury, the lingering elbow injury, as I've mentioned like a thousand times. Surgery would have been recommended last year if he were younger. And the fact that he's had an ERA around four as a starter each of the last two seasons. And he's faced the Rays twice. The Rays are ninth right now in baseball in strikeouts per game. It's very small sample size. Could be a factor of who they've faced. And it's but, ninth. But he it's not first or second. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, right. But But he's struck out. What like uh, he struck out ten rays in fourteen innings. So again, very small sample size, but 
that's the only case for it. Only 9% swinging strike rate. That's For me, that's the one that I'm going to watch moving forward. Trade David Price for Jose Quintana. What was the swinging strike rate last year? Just out of curiosity. Uh, 12%. Yeah, it's pretty low. But what was it as a starter? Um, no, that's it's not pretty thing. low. That's no, the, you're using fan graph yeah, swinging strike rate. Yeah, 12% is pretty I, good. I always use baseball reference, and they measure it differently. So, sorry. Yeah, can you, uh, I yeah don't that, know if you can, he was pretty good last year with the swinging strikes. I don't know if you can separate that as a, stri- as a starter and a reliever, because his numbers were really good as a reliever. And not so good as a starter. But anyway, all right, so you're saying he'd sell him for, for Jose Quintana. I think, right, sell David Price right now for somebody that all these guys had ranked higher than David Price in the preseason. That yeah. makes sense, right? That is how a sell high works. Yeah. So, right. Quintana no, it's worth clarifying target. because, like I said yesterday, a lot of people sell here sell high, and it's like, oh, my gosh, i got to get rid of this guy. Right. It's not. That's not how sell high works. Right. Um, all right, uh, do you have a favorite two-star pitcher for week three? It was the same as my favorite two-star pitcher for week two, and it's Jake Junis, who didn't end up making two starts in week two. Uh, so we'll do it all over again. He's still available in about 35 to 40% of CBS Sports Leagues, and uh, don't have the matchups right in front of me, but I was looking at it last night. Pretty good matchups. Yeah, well. Uh, he faces Seattle and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Oh. Not bad. It's a bad week for two. That's good, but it's a bad week for two-star pitchers. The ones that are owned in like less than fifty percent of leagues, like forget it. Just forget. I think Miles Michaelis was also somebody I recommended in week two, and he is instead making two starts in week three. And I feel confident in both of those guys because it's seven-game weeks, and they're both scheduled to start Monday. Uh, I don't like Michaelis's matchups so much, but he's still probably among the available options, one of the better choices. Yeah, the matchups aren't great. A lot of the uh, lower-owned two-star pitchers are like. Versus Houston, at Colorado, at Washington. So there are some not great situations. Like if, you, if you need to go really deep, like I could see Jose Arena, who's about Mets and Pirates, 65% available and coming off a good start where he used to slider more, got more swinging strikes. You know, maybe. It's risky, but like if, if you just really need an extra two-start option, I could see doing Arena. I mean, is Andrew Kashner going to be a two-start pitcher next week? He looked pretty awesome last night. Uh, I don't have him on the list. Speaking of sliders, he's throwing one again. Was that the pitch that he was working on this offseason? Yeah. Okay. It didn't lead to a lot of swinging strikes yesterday, but he did get five strikeouts, which is better than the Kashner we saw last year. Best matchups next week for a a barely-owned two-star pitcher belong to Ben Lively, facing the Reds at home and the Rays on the road. Currently, those are two of the four worst teams in baseball in runs per game. Averaging three runs per game or less. Hail Mary on Ben Lively or what? He's, he's not totally uninteresting. Uh, his minor league numbers at AAA are actually pretty good. Low three ZRA, but not a guy who gets a lot of strikeouts. So I, there, there's limited upside. Yeah, that's. I, I think the chances of him just harming you twice are pretty high. All right, guys. Uh, we'll get into two-star pitchers a little bit later in the show. Uh, we have a team name Tuesday from Dan on Friday. He really was pushing for me to read this. He thinks it's very good. Forgot about Quay. Like, forgot about Dre, but for Quato, spelled Q-U-E. Dan, I don't think it's that great, but... <laughs> well, there's there's a better one in baseball with a whole, more high-profile player. That's the problem. Forgot about Trey. Forgot about Trey. Yeah, that's, that is better. Forgot about Quay, but uh, I did I did just want to say that after all that talk about Johnny Quato yesterday, I forgot to mention that he was pitching... Through part of that game with an ankle injury, he took a comebacker off the ankle in the third inning. 
does not change my opinion, but I did want to mention that just in case it might change any of your opinions out there. Uh, Jeff from Alexandria, Virginia, wants us to grade the trade. Johnny Cueto and Matt Davidson for Sonny Gray and JT Ray Amuto. Would you give up Cueto and one of the top hitters so far, Davidson, for Gray and Ray Amuto? Yes, I would. Fairly easily, too. I think Gray's better than Cueto. I think Ray Amuto's a lot better than Matt Davidson. Oh, this is like Team Cot. Because yes. he was, was all about Cueto's I'm, better than Gray yesterday. And I was I like, no way, that. Jose. I, I, I want to clarify. It might be, like, it might be a push. I don't, I definitely don't mm-hmm. think, like, one is significantly better. I think Cueto and Gray are very similar. And Cueto is going to pitch half of his games in San Francisco and Gray is going to pitch half of his at Yankee Stadium. How much so, better do you think JT Realmuto is than Matt Davidson? I would rather have JT Realmuto than Matt Davidson for sure. This is entirely dependent though on what you have at catcher. Cause it's like, probably something bad. Gray the I trade guys. So. Gray the trade. A. Oh. <laughs> like I'm not. Uh, I, like, Matt Davidson's not going to be on your roster soon. C. JT Realmuto is a top seven catcher. B plus. Okay, A, B plus, and C. Well, people, if you like fantasy baseball and you like making money, you will love the Draft app. And if you love snake drafts, playing on the Draft app is perfect for you or on Draft.com. Sign up right now, Draft app or Draft.com, and use our promo code FB today to get a free entry into an MLB contest. Please use that promo code when you make your first deposit. It's FB today, FB today. Draft is daily fantasy sports, but not like the salary cap sites. You play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long leagues. So they last for just one night, the drafts. They're very quick. They're very simple. You can play up to 10 people or just two people in a draft. No trades, no waiver wire. Set it and forget it. The other night, I think it was Tuesday, I did a five-person draft. I'm going to do one again today with listeners. I had such a great team. I cannot believe I didn't win. Came in second place out of five. Uh, Verlander wasn't quite as great as I thought, but I mean, how fun is this? On my team, I had Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, Nolan Arenado, Trey Turner, and Justin Verlander. And I lost to a team that started Chase Anderson. So that's just strategy. That owner, uh, prioritized hitters and went with, uh, great matchups. He had Freddie Freeman who homered in that game. And that's just how it works. But you can do great on drafts with the information we give you on this show and on the Sportsline DFS podcast. You can make money on draft. They start at just $1. Follow me on draft. I am Big Kane 2. I will compete against you. I will crush you. I cannot get enough of the draft app. So get started right now. Join me on draft. Search draft in your app store or play right from your computer on draft.com. Get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. Just use my promo code, our promo code, FB today. A real money game for free. Use our promo code, FB today. On draft.com or the draft app, the code is FB today. All right. What have we got so far? Early season developments. Tell me what stands out to you, fellas. I believe that the player who has lost the most value since opening day is Ian Happ. Uh, and I believe the player who has gained the most value, unless I'm forgetting a closer change. There haven't been any closer changes yet. Uh, but I believe the player who's gained the most value is actually Patrick Corbin. That is my perception of things. Corbin's Corbin's been really interesting so far. Uh, throwing a slider like 52% of the time. Mm-hmm. This is a really good arm. This is a this is a guy who before Tommy John surgery especially was considered one of the best young pitchers in baseball. There have been flashes. 
the last couple of seasons. I think last year, with the exception of May, I think he was really good last year. Yeah, and he started to incorporate that slider more. He was throwing it about 40% of the time in the second half. But if he makes that his primary pitch, um, first of all, I think we're going to see more and more pitchers start to do that. But uh, And we already are. Yeah. Um, Except for Pittsburgh. <laughs> then... Uh, then yeah, I think I think Corbin could be like a top thirty pitcher this year. And uh, you know, you bring up Pittsburgh with the. I actually wrote an article yesterday for pitchers who are already showing signs of a breakout. Corbin was among them, but also Jamison Tyone was among them because he made an arsenal change himself. Had relied mostly on a two seam fastball um, throughout his career, uh, and swapped it out for a four-seamer, threw it twice as often as his two-seamer in his first start of the season. It's a much, much better pitch. The data has shown over his career that it's much more effective than his two-seamer. It's It was the, the pitch he missed the most bats with in that first start when he equaled a career high with nine strikeouts. Um, and he has good secondary stuff. So if, if he has a honest-to-goodness good fastball to pair with that, I think he could become the strikeout pitcher he hasn't been so far. He's very good. All right, so that Ian Happ losing value, Patrick Corbin, Jamison Tyone. I read that article this morning, actually, Scott. Also, Mike Fultonevich was in there, and Dylan Bundy was in there. So it's a good read. Check it out. Not just who, but why these guys are potential breakouts. And Happ, look, it was good news, bad news last night for Happ. Face the lefty, and exactly what I was hoping would happen, they benched Kyle Schwarber. They had Almora and Happ in the outfield. Better defense. Schwarber can't hit lefties. Hap started, but he went one for six with four strikeouts. So he, he struck out 14 times in 22 at bats. <laughs> That's the is Hap might not be able to hit lefties either. <laughs> well, he's a switch hitter. He was okay against. I think he was good against lefties last year. I, I think he's going to be better than Schwarber at that. But yeah, it is a bad start for Hap. It's a bad start for the Cubs. I mean, Anthony Rizzo is having a terrible start. Javier um, Baez has been awful. It, yeah, he had a good game yesterday, but yeah, he's been bad. Zobris is actually maybe going to get more playing time. Uh, maybe just against lefties, I don't know. And to be clear, the reason I'm down on Hap isn't as much the performance. I, I expect he'll get hot at some point. I expect he'll have another 20-homer season. It's just Joe Madden is showing no interest in playing him every day, and that was kind of a prerequisite to him becoming a, a fantasy mainstay. Uh, on that same note, and he's played four out of five games so far, but I'm not sure how much longer it's going to last. I'm getting pretty concerned about Billy Hamilton very quickly. He's so yesterday just, was interesting, though. He he was bad. Yeah. 0 for 4, 2 strikeouts. But he did lead off with Jesse Winker in the lineup, which is the first time that's happened. I, maybe the last. Maybe. He is now 1 for 16 with 7 strikeouts. Uh, he has reached base twice this season. He has not stolen a base. And they have other outfielders. I mean, they they could very easily put together an outfield without Billy Hamilton. And just use him in what may, like, he may be like one of the most valuable bench pieces you could have because he's an elite defender and you can put him on against most pitcher catcher combinations and he goes from first to third. So I, like, it seems to me like that type of weapon that you could bring into a tie game in the sixth inning, as early as the sixth, manufacture a run and then have a lead and he's your defensive replacement in the outfield. I'm afraid, as smart as baseball is getting, that's what Billy Hamilton's going to turn into. Mm, yeah, well, I think the only thing that's good for him right now is that, well, Shebler, or who Duvall hit a home run yesterday, he's got two, but nobody's really hitting on the Reds. 
So that's good, but it is. Yeah, I mean, I I own Hamilton in one league, and I can't believe I don't have a freaking steal yet. I got not from him anyway. If one steal, I was relying on him. It is concerning, definitely. What else you got, Heath? Mm-hmm. What else has stood out to you early? Um, I mean, obviously, Conforto has moved. Like, I just feel stupid for being as concerned as I was. I don't think you should. Like, I it, know, but it was a shoulder injury for, this, from a guy who like just messed up his shoulder just swinging. But specifically in rotisserie leagues, where I spent most of the preseason talking about how I just care about upside, like that's a guy that I should have on a bunch of my rosters. I don't know. Like I have a hard time worrying too much about anyone. I know we did the crap on Johnny Cueto yesterday, and we've questioned David Price, but I do think it's worth mentioning that, like it, in the preseason, we were wondering, are those guys going to be startable fantasy pitchers anymore? They've done a little bit to solidify their place. Oh well, yeah, de- definitely. I just I think that we st- I still have doubts, so it's a good time to take two starts against for Price against bad opponents for Cueto without very many whiffs, and try to turn them into somebody that you like better than them before the season started. You know, that's all. That I, look, I'm I'm more down on Cueto than that, but even if you want to take the the optimistic approach, you could still take him and turn him into something. Because we see bad trades go down all the time. Like you're not gonna be able to do it in in leagues with with us, right? Like we're not gonna sell J- before yesterday James Paxton for Johnny Cueto. But I, in theory, you could have offered Cueto for Paxton and maybe someone. I don't know. I, I, I'm having a hard time thinking off. The top I think of you could absolutely trade Cueto for Snell. I just wouldn't do it. No, aim higher. You You'd know? rather have Cueto than Quintana. Snell. I'd rather have Cueto than Snell. Huh. Well, I'm just okay. saying you could you could make a slam dunk trade that everybody would agree on. With Johnny Cueto, no matter how we feel about Cueto, I'm convinced that in most leagues, in many leagues, you can trade yeah. him right now after his hot start for somebody that we all agree on is better than him. Luis Castillo, I know you like Luis Castillo better than Cueto. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have Luis Castillo in a roto league. In a points league, I think I'd rather have Cueto. Uh, I feel like Darvish is a player who just people get annoyed with him for some reason. Um, Cueto and maybe pair him with you know, your fourth outfielder, maybe that could get you Darvish. Yeah, Darvish I wouldn't expect today. it to work, but it, I, it seems feasible. Uh, Chris, developments for you. Anything catching your eye? So I tend to – it's hard to separate signal from the noise this early in the season, but one – there are a couple things that you can do it with. Lineup decisions, I wrote about that yesterday. Guys playing in new spots, playing more or less than we expected. So um, – or velocity is something that – is going to show up as real very often or very early. And Robbie Ray, fastball velocity is down uh, two miles per hour from last season on average. And comparing to last uh, last March and April, it's also down uh, about a mile and a half per hour. So Robbie Ray with less stuff, that could get ugly. Really quick. I don't know if that's necessarily what it's going to lead to. Yeah. But it's worth any, any excuse to hate on Ray, right? I mean, <laughs> we could have just we could just discuss him. You could have as rational adult. I, I feel like beings. most most pitchers' velocity is down at least a mile per hour, right? That's that's no. been my observation. No. Most of the really good. Pitchers. Alex Woods is. Uh, his uh, is down like two. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and it's Paxton, like, Paxton Alex Woods was, is down like four miles per hour from last this time last. Paxton's year. was down. It, it it went up yesterday. Uh, Cueto's is down. Lester's down. Ray's actually went down yesterday. He is one of the four. Uh, it's Matt Boyd, Cole Hamels, Julio Tehran, Robbie Ray, and Jose Quintana are the five biggest velocity losers from last year to this year. That's just last year overall, not April. I do. I do think, and Scott's not. I'm not. Like I'm, I question Robbie Ray a little bit, but in on Scott's side, it's like I would probably need to see three or four starts before I start really worrying about a pitcher's velocity. Yeah, I mean the strikeout total was huge for him. I don't, even in the bad stuff. I don't right? think all yes. starters start off the year with low velocity, but I do think there are certainly enough of them that build their way up in he, the first four starts. And he has been one who does start off a little lower and builds as actually most starter velocity velocity for starters peaks in August actually, which is kind of weird. Um, doesn't really jive with, out of guess. Well, it doesn't really jive with what we think of, but he's just, he's lower than any other April before. All right. Well, he has Robbie Ray has 17 strikeouts in 11 innings, but he also has eight walks. So yeah. that's not going he, away. He's got to throw strikes. It's, I mean, for me, it's not the performance like the Robbie Ray could have had, 19, 18 strikeout or shutout innings to start the season. I would still point out the velocity, you know. Yeah, uh, I think we have to talk about the, all the White Sox guys. Tim Anderson is a top three shortstop. He's number one in Roto, third in points. I think another he's another stolen base. Yeah, he's got four four, four steals already. Yeah, and he had nine steals in September. Uh, yeah. Matt Davis. Forty steal season. Calling Matt, it now. Forty right. steal season for Mister Anderson. There you go. He uh, should be a top five to second baseman for you then. Shortstop. Shortstop, sorry. Uh, maybe in Roto. Screw that up. That maybe in Roto. Such good snark. Look, I'm I'm snark. a little more cautious in my rankings than I am in my loudmouth <laughs> podcast <laughs> situation. Matt Davidson is the number one third baseman right now in both points and Roto. He had another good game yesterday. He walked twice. He and Tim Anderson both walked twice yesterday. That was incredible. And Yolmer Sanchez is 7% owned. He's hitting 400. So between Anderson, Davidson, and Sanchez, who are you buying the most? Anderson the most, but I do want to talk about the Matt Davidson no-walk thing because that was completely and entirely true in 2017. He only walked 19 times in 443 plate appearances, but that's not what the rest of his history shows us we should expect. He had about a 10% walk rate in the minor leagues. I, I don't know that it's all that surprising that he's walking a little bit more. I think we should expect him to. We should not expect him to hit 3.18. But if he strikes out 25% of the time and walks 10% of the time with his power, he's going to be a must-start quarter infielder. That would probably be the – I haven't looked it up, but I would imagine that would be the largest single-season improvement in strikeout rate ever. He was at like 37% last year. Okay, let's go to 30 Okay. Yeah, 30, that puts him really, like, that That makes him really fringy. I don't know. I mean, if if he plays an entire 150-game season mm-hmm. and he's not, he's putting the bat on the ball 5% more often, 40 home runs is pretty close to what the pace would have been from last year. He may, like, he may be a walk slightly less than Joey Gallo type guy. All right, moving on from Matt Davidson. Uh, Miguel Sano, homered again yesterday. He's the number seven third baseman in points right now, number two in Roto. Bad walk to strikeout ratio as of now. He's gonna strike out, but only two walks to 13 Ks. 
I, I think it's, uh, you know, look, we didn't know what to expect from Sano. We thought there were, there could be a suspension. We heard he was overweight. But and he is. Is he? Doesn't seem to matter. Okay. Oh, he looks huge. I didn't notice that yesterday. Um, but, yeah, look, before the All-Star break, he batted 276 with 21 homers in 82 games. He was just having a monster year. He dealt with a shin injury. He had a terrible second half. Are you guys feeling pretty good about Sano right now, though? I don't think any of us really had concerns about the production, right? Oh, I had I had doubts about all of it. Off-season surgery, showed up out of shape, um, possible suspension that ended up not happening. But, like, he's just it, – it's like he, it hasn't mattered. He's gone in the batter's box and crushed the ball. So I'm not worried about it anymore. I told you he was a breakout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it just – I, I thought when he was healthy, he would hit. I just, I still, like, he's yet to make it through a full season in the majors. He had injury issues in the minors. I'm still just as concerned about Miguel Sano as I was coming into the season. The fact, I mean, he's had the most Miguel Sano start to a season possible. 48% strikeouts, 440 ISO, 444 BABIP. He is extreme in all of those things. Yeah, I don't. I, I nothing. Nothing about Miguel Sano has changed for me since the start of the season. Sano or Castellanos? Sano. Sano still. Yep. Okay. How about a couple, a few underrated storylines? Daniel Vogelbach. I dropped him a few days ago. I picked him up again because he's batting three thirty three, and Ryan Healy is one for eighteen. So when Nelson Cruz comes back, maybe Vogelbach just gets that job. I don't know. Ten percent owned. Uh, AJ Pollock has five doubles and two steals. He's off to a nice start. He's number 10 outfielder in points, number 28 in Roto. It's so close right now. You shouldn't really pay attention to that. One point could swing you, uh, two points could swing you pretty big. But Pollock's tied for second in baseball and doubles. I think it's encouraging that he has five doubles and two steals. He's not getting on first base all that much. <laughs> and, um, Shin- Shinsu Chu is 40% owned. And this guy was the number 24 outfielder in points leagues, number 28 in Roto last year. He played 149 games. By no means am I saying Shinsu Chu is a top 30 outfielder on a per-game basis, but he actually might be in a points league because he walks so much. Uh, he's ba- I think he's batting leadoff now, right? If you have the leadoff hitter for the Rangers and playing, every- he is a top 30 outfielder on a per-game basis. Yeah, all right, fine. Uh, <laughs> even in Roto, you think, if it's not an OBP league? No. I mean, he'll still – he stole – 12 bags last year? I, I will say that he's a must start in both formats, but that's because our Roto is five outfielders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a three outfielder categories league, I don't think he's, like, he's more of a bench player, in my opinion. Okay, that's Shinsu Chu, 40% owned. Anything else? Uh, you know what? No, let's transition to this. This is the big, I think big development is the starting pitchers that a lot of them are on the most added list. Some of these guys are two star pitchers, but I want to know who you like the most. There are a lot of starting pitchers that have caught our eye. The most owned of this group that I'm going to mention is Sean Manaya. I believe he is 82% owned. Second most owned is Jake Odorizzi, followed by Fulton Evich, Jake Junis, Tyler Skaggs, Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, Tyler Malley, Ronaldo Lopez, Kyle Gibson. I'll stop there. There's a lot of names, so it's Manaya, Odorizzi, Fulty. Junis, Skaggs, Flaherty, Michaelis, Malley, Lopez, Gibson. And how many questions have you guys gotten? And I know I've gotten some combination of these pitchers. Which one should I prioritize? Should I drop one for another? 
So yeah. who are some of who are your favorites on this? Anaya Junis Giggs. <laughs> that made it easy. I I would go honestly. Honestly, I think no, no. I'm gonna go this. Manias, Junis, and Flaherty. Want that upside of Flaherty stashed away? Agreed. And Adam Wainwright uh, was bad yesterday. He was Adam Wainwright. He was bad. It was not a surprise. I mean, we, we usually let's cut him a little bit of slack. A first day off the DL, but he's gonna be bad on the road. He might be good at home. Uh, we know we, we know that Flaherty's better, but we also know he's Adam Wainwright. He's gonna have some some leash for the Cardinals, right? So. Yeah. But um, we want more than three of them. I mean. Oh, yeah. I, I think I was going to say, I think a more interesting way of looking at that is who do you want the least of this group? And for me, it would be Kyle Gibson, Francisco Liriano. Oh, wait, I, the guys I, that I have been around them. for a while. And Jake Odorizzi. I didn't yeah, say they're the guys yet. that we've seen. <laughs> we know what they are. Right. Gibson and Odorizzi <laughs> are the, the two that I mentioned that, that are that should be the least owned. The Liriano, Pavetta, well, and Lucchese. I mean, Gibson and Liriano are the two that are like, they don't belong on this list. Well, Odorizzi, Liriano, I at least think, has decent mixed league value. Liriano is a spark, and we've lamented the spark landscape, so it's worth noting that. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I said over Odorisi instead of Liriano because my original reading, I didn't say Liriano. I was going to Oh, okay. It was end. in the notes here. Sorry. No, that's Spoiler okay. alert. Yeah, Liriano, Nick Pavetta, and Joey Lucchese. Pavetta and Lucchese both pitched very well yesterday. Uh, do you guys want to pick them up? Gotta let Chris talk about Pavetta. That's his boy. Pavetta has always had capital letters, the good stuff. Always throws hard, big strikeout numbers in the minors, big swing and miss numbers last year, and big strikeout numbers in the minors. Because that's that's kind of what well, held me back. He, when he, I think, when he got to AAA after the trade yeah. to Philadelphia, after because he, he was the Papelbon trade, I think. Oh, okay. I know he had five starts before getting called up last year at uh, AAA, where he was just. Amazing. Um, but his minor league career before that was more just pretty good. So, and then he was obviously had the six ERA last year. So I haven't been as high on him as, as Chris has. Um, but it certainly looks like there's potential here. This was what 15 swinging strikes, 15 swinging strikes and a big thing there. He threw 44 curveballs and sliders on 97 pitches last year. He threw his fastball like 65, 66% of the time. Um, and the secondary pitches need work. That's always been the thing. The fastball has always been his best pitch. It, the 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 breaking balls were really good yesterday. And if that's a sign moving forward, I really do think this guy has the potential to be a contributor I, I would, through the rest of the season. My opinion, I think it's more likely that Lucchese gives us um, useful production over the first half of this year just because of the type of pitcher he is. The fact that no one's seen him yet, and he does have that funky delivery that, it, like, once it's on tape and guys have seen it a couple times, I'm not sure it's going to work. But he, like, you can discount Pavetta's performance just a little bit yesterday because it was against the Marlins. Lucchese's now thrown nine and two thirds innings against the Rockies and the Brewers. He's given up three runs. I, I'm pretty excited about his. Limited upside over the first season. He's not somebody I would be as excited about in like a dynasty league. Just to, because we've talked about how he had really good numbers in the minors last year, but the numbers he had were a 220 ERA, a .97 whip, 9.6 strikeouts per nine innings. Sometimes actually hearing the exact numbers I think is a little more meaningful. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of like, it, he's one of those players who doesn't get a lot of buzz in the scouting reports, 
and it has to do with that deceptive delivery. Um, he has a really interesting off-speed pitch that's kind of like a churve, a changeup <laughs> that curves. And um, I don't know. Like to me, that that profile always reminds me of Alex Wood, a guy who really good in the minors. Scouts don't seem to love him, but then he comes up and pitches well. And uh, I think Lucchese, particularly after the way this start went, I'm I'm starting to come around to that idea. And I think you have, like, I think Chirinos, Yanni Chirinos could really be interesting, just not as the type of pitcher that we generally get excited about. It's it's more of a Johnny Cueto type thing. Just elite strikeout numbers will probably never be there, but his control is outstanding, and he he's thrown nine innings, all of them against the Red Sox, and he's given up four hits and a walk. So that's Yanni Chirinos. Chirinos, Pavetta, Lucchese, how would you rank them? I would go uh, Lucchese, Pavetta, and Chirinos. I mean, for me to get excited about Chirinos, we need to know he's actually a rotation spot holder and not just the lead guy in bullpen game Mm -hmm. B or whatever. Right. Uh, All right. So what was I going to say? I think that's fine. I think I think we're good there. Oh, oh, Lucchese. Is he going to go back down when Lamette comes off the DL? I would guess not. Okay. Have, have you seen have the Padres rotation? That's well, the, and and it's a long it's a long enough time away. I think Lamette threw for the first time yesterday. Okay. Uh, and he was stationary. You know, it wasn't. It was forty five feet off his knees, and then not stepping into it. So, I think we're still a ways away from Denelson Lamette. How far do you guys think you could throw a baseball off your knees? Forty five feet. No. Oh, I could, I could, I, think, I could I think get I could, it. Yeah, I think I could, I could think I could probably go 60. No, I could, I could throw it over 100 feet. Uh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> no chance. With no accuracy? Yeah, yes. it no. depends on the launch angle. Like 12 feet. No, from Just your knees? Kneeling no at home plate? Yeah, no I could chance. throw it 100 feet. No chance. Yes. Yeah, it'd be more than 12. You could get close to 100 feet. 100 feet is not very long. I was thinking yeah. yards. 100 feet Sorry. is not even catcher to second base. Uh, Chris, more importantly, what is your favorite Tom Petty song? Uh, Oh, I don't know. American girl. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go basic. I'll I'll be basic. Oh, well, I'm I'm extremely basic. <laughs> it, well, it's time for our wager of the day from Ryan in St. Louis. Oh, R- Ryan says Chris Towers and I have agreed to terms on a wager. Chris has Joey Gallo over 39 and a half home runs. If Joey Gallo does not accomplish this, Chris Towers will be singing a Tom Petty song of my choice in its entirety on the podcast at the end of the season with no backing tracking. If Joey Gallo does accomplish this, I will be sending down 12 beers from a microbrewery here in St. Louis of Chris's choice. Please help me hold Chris to this bet while when I inevitably win. Now I must go run and break Joey Gallo's leg. You you need to get a clarification. Um, there are uh, make sure he he knows that Anheuser Busch is not a microbrewery. Sure. Yeah, because that is it's in, my choice. That is in St. Louis, so I don't don't fall into that trap. It's the microbrewery of my choice. Um. I think yeah, the waiting is what I want to hear Chris sing. Oh, I love that song. Those are some tough notes to hit. Yeah. I well, mean, I, I don't know if I can sing like Tom. He's got that weird kind of croak. Every day you get one more. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that is pretty good. <laughs> Those are good Tom Petty. Like, you better watch what you say. He has some <laughs> weird accents um, that you could work on. But can I, I do think, some traveling Wilburys? No. I think you. I think you should change this bet to an all-star break bet because I know – by the end of the season, it's fantasy football time. There aren't going to be that many people listening to the show. I mean, there'll be plenty of people, but not the, our full audience. 
I think you should make it an all-star game bet and find a different number. I would definitely take the under on 39 and a half homers before Find the a different break. number <laughs> and maybe revisit it. But if not, we'll, we'll take whatever we can get. All right, big news and notes for you. Mike Zunino is not returning this weekend. I just dropped Irvin Santana because his timetable has been pushed back. I had to put somebody else on the DL. I'm not saying you have to drop Santana, but it's unclear when we're going to see Irvin Santana. He has not begun throwing yet. Uh, it could be June before we see him. Three pitchers who are going to be starting soon, as soon as this weekend for a couple of them. Detroit starting pitcher Mike Fires, Cincinnati starting pitcher Brandon Finnegan, Boston starting pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez. Fires, Finnegan, Rodriguez, who's your favorite? Eduardo Rodriguez for me. Yep. Um, his peripherals were actually pretty good last year, I think. Yep. He was he was looking like one of the biggest breakouts. I, I know I called him that a few times. His strikeout rate, was it over 10 per nine? 9.8. Pretty close. Yeah. We'll yeah. call it 10. Sure. Call it 10. Round up. Mm-hmm. Why not? Uh, Neil Walker, a game away from first base eligibility. Same with Hanley Ramirez. Matt Carpenter, two games away from second base eligibility. Chris has a good write-up on all the eligibility changes. You can read it right now on the website, cbsports.com slash fantasy. But Manny Machado is shortstop eligible. Zach Cozart, second base eligible. Derek Dietrich, outfield. Tim uh, Beck- Walker and Hanley both got it yesterday. Oh, they but... did? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Tim Beckham, Ryan Flaherty, and Brandon Jury are third base eligible. Garrett Cooper's on the deal with a, with a wrist contusion. Yesterday, Trey Mancini led off for Baltimore. Chris Davis batted fifth. Davis sat against the lefty on Wednesday with Danny Valencia at first. Davis is off to a terrible start. Uh, and that's about it for that. We covered a lot of yesterday, actually, but some stuff we didn't was John Lester. So first start of the season, he was terrible. Three and a third, seven hits, three runs at the Marlins. Yesterday he was outstanding. Location was pinpoint. And that's kind of Lester's thing. I mean, he's always been able to, you know, hit the corners regularly, and he was on fire. Six scoreless innings, three hits, one walk, six strikeouts at Milwaukee. Your take on John Lester. I mean, the velocity's down for him, and that that was a concern last year, continues to be. It's just a question of whether he can continue to adapt to those losses, but... I still have faith. I, I think he deserves to be in the David Price, Johnny Cueto uh, discussion. Okay. Who, who's your favorite? Price, Lester Cueto? Price, for me, for the reason I said before. I think Probably. I think the stuff is still more or less there. I would go Lester. Like, he's underrated in terms of how much he, he can deceive hitters. And... Uh, I think he's still going to be very good. The strikeout numbers were still very good last year. I'm going to go Cueto. Very wow. helpful. Yep. Wow. Pick your favorite. But me? It's your turn. No, you I'm, t- I'm telling the, the listeners out there, like he said. Oh, yeah. Uh, which my of us favorite, do you like more, and that'll determine which pitcher. My favorite like. on a per-game basis would be Price. I don't think he's going to make it through the season, so my my favorite favorite for the season would be Lester. And you hate Johnny Cueto. And I do. <laughs> Hey, Johnny Cueto. Yeah, I got to say, Jacob DeGrom is off to a, a weird start. It looks really good. And he got 15 swinging strikes yesterday. And his first start against the Cardinals is really good, a ton of strikeouts. But everybody, even including DeGrom, seems to acknowledge that he is not quite there yet. Um, he got a little lucky yesterday. The bases loaded, nobody out. And uh, Kendrick, I believe, laced a line, a line drive right at short. Could have been a yeah. bases-clearing double. Could have been a much different start. I don't see the electricity in DeGrom that we saw a couple of years ago. It did not really see yet last year so much. 
Uh, or maybe you know, maybe I'm getting my years confused. But but he was I, really good last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no electricity, Chris. No the power I, outage. He, he, but, but he, but even like they were talking about it on the broadcast, he's not quite there yet. The early res- early returns have been good. The lines have been good. But yesterday could have been. A yeah, bad I don't start. know. Like if, if if the results are good and you're getting 14 swinging strikes and you're hitting 96 with your fastball, and you're not there. Yeah, I know. Cool. It sounds cool. weird. That, that sounds like a good thing. To right, me. it that does. Like something. That sounds like a, a situation where I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll take that every day. Yeah. It yeah, does. Wait till I get there. It, I, I hope you're right. I, something yeah. about Degrom was a little concerning, but it's not really showing up in the numbers. It's also it was the Nationals. Right. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. All right. Bullpen. Alex Calme blew a save, and jo- and Joakim Soria. Joakim Soria, not Joakim Noah, blew a save. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a, it was bad for Soria, but. In the inning before that, Nate Jones also gave up a run in the eighth yeah. inning. So I, I'm sorry he's gotten the three save opportunities. I'd say now. it's still 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 Soria's job. And Brad Brock is 52% owned in his last three appearances since blowing a save on opening day: three scoreless innings, one walk, one hit, five strikeouts. You know, got the save at the Yankees yesterday. Please forget what I said about Jacob Degrom. It was uh, really stupid. <laughs> um, are you interested in any of uh, these pitchers that we haven't talked about? It's really just two. Brent Suter and Tyler Anderson. Uh, not really. I mean, Tyler Anderson does this sometimes. He has uh, is good at getting soft contact, but that doesn't seem like a particular skill that leads to great consistency. And that's what Suter's going to have to do to ever be good. But he, I like both of these guys could be two starts streamers both of these guys could be oh they've got one start in san diego like anderson just did then you start them but i don't think either will be somebody you keep on your roster all year did somebody say two starts let's do it yay two star pitchers for next week okay so we've we've already given you some of our favorites that might be available jake junis who you should not just be picking up for two starts he's 64 percent owned Miles Michaelis has the Brewers and the Reds. Brewers at home, Reds on the road. Those are two guys we talked about. Let's go through the higher owned guys. See if there are any landmines here. Uh, Johnny Cueto, Arizona at home, San Diego on the road. Start or sit? Start. Start. Yeah. Start. What are you? Come yeah. on. San Diego. <laughs> we can't have we can't have someone steering this ship if they're going to have such a deep bias, deep bias and hatred. I'm just asking. <laughs> Of a nice man like Johnny Cueto. John Gray, San Diego at home, Washington on the road. Start or sit? Uh, I think I would definitely start him in a points league. I think I'd start him in categories too. I probably would. It's very, like, it's really, let's go through the rest of this list. John Gray is the new uh, marking point. Okay. Uh, so, Zach Godley, yes. Uh, J Hap, J Hap at Baltimore at, at Cleveland. Sit. Hmm. Those Definitely two, starting those a point. I don't Definitely think Baltimore's been off. Baltimore yeah, been but Baltimore at home worse. is still a tough matchup. I'm not convinced that this team's just hopeless. No. Yeah. I, I think I'd They're start, start Danny Valencia in that game. I mean, I'm usually of the mind, like, if I could never consider dropping this pitcher, I'm, I should probably just start him in a two-start week. Hap is a start in points, don't in Roto for me. Uh, Hap is what? Start in points, no in Roto? Okay. Yes. That makes sense. Tyler Chatwood. Pittsburgh and the Braves, both at home. I would start him over Hap, and I would start him over John Gray. Yeah. Really? Okay. It's fine. Let's start them all. 
Felix <laughs> Hernandez at Kansas City and home against Oakland. I would start him. Uh, yes, in points, no in Roto. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with Heath. Blake Snell at the White Sox, home against the Phillies. Start. Yeah. Start him over all these fools. Come on, Blake Snell. Big week for you. Garrett Richards at Texas at Kansas City. Start. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's right below. Right. Right below John Gray for me. <laughs> Jake Odorizzi. No. Houston at home. White Sox at home. Uh, I don't know. That's not so bad. I mean, obviously the Houston matchup could be better, but it's like four degrees in Minnesota and probably will be until June. <laughs> the White Sox I... are the second highest scoring team in baseball right now. FYI. Yeah, well, cool. There's still the Matt White Davidson Sox. is there, real. Somebody in a points league should be starting Odorizzi for sure, and I want to have a problem with it in a roto league. Okay, I, no chance I'd start him in roto. So that's Odorizzi. Ivan Nova at the Cubs and at the Marlins. Nope, nope. No. Julio Tehran at the Nationals and at the Cubs. Nope. nope. Yeah, I'd lean against that. I think uh, the answer is no. I mean, no. I could see doing it in a points league, but probably not. You should start Bryce Harper since he gets to go against Julio Tehran. Yay. Pro tip. <laughs> Dong Chaser's pick for that night. Uh, Jake Junis, Seattle and the Angels at home. Yes. Miles Michaelis, yeah. Milwaukee and at Cincinnati. Milwaukee's um, at home? Yes. Sure. I'd do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to Tyler Skaggs. I am going to Tyler Skaggs at Texas and at Kansas City. Yeah. Yep. Kansas City, by the way, fewest strikeouts per game by far right now in baseball. I'll still start Skaggs. I don't think Whit Merrifield has uh has str- swung and missed yet. Wow. It's not doing they, him a lot of good though. They don't have a, like they're not going to strike out this year. They're not going to uh, score yeah. many runs either. Whit Merrifield 0.0 swing and miss Zero. on 63 pitches. There's a buy low. Mookie Betts has swung and missed once. I saw that this morning. Bum. <laughs> Compared to Merrifield. All right, now the uh now the rest of the list. I I think the only guy is well I don't know there's anyone Urania is so Urania is someone Scott mentioned Ben Lively if you're desperate but Yolisha Seen Kyle Gibson Urania Clayton Richard AJ Cole Homer Bailey Doug Fister Josh Tomlin Tyler Anderson Brian Johnson Carson Fulmer Ben Lively Matthew Boyd Miguel Gonzalez Ooh. Joey Lucchese Daniel Lucchese. Norris Cody Reed no he's at Colorado Colorado yeah like Matthew Boyd mm. I think is kind of interesting but. He's at Cleveland and versus the Yankees, so no. It, it's a bad week for two-star matchups. I did pick up Lucchese in a couple of leagues with the idea that I'm not starting him this week, but I want to have him. By the way, um, Jacob DeGrom had trouble gripping the ball yesterday, so that would explain his pathetic stuff, which only generated 15 swings and misses <laughs> against the Nationals. <laughs> not enough electricity. Yeah, I, I really regret saying that. Just kind of— He should have. You know what? It's the—with the hair shorter— there is probably less it. static electricity. He probably shocks people less when he high-fives them. <laughs> okay, emails to finish the show and send you off into your weekend. Please watch CBS Sports HQ, by the way. It's friggin' awesome uh, for baseball, for fantasy sports, for the Masters this weekend, for everything. It's just great stuff. Download the CBS Sports app on your connected device, on Roku, on Amazon Fire, on all that stuff. What are the, what are the kids using these days? Um Apple TV, that's the one I was, the big one I was forgetting. And watch CBS Sports HQ on the CBS Sports app. I watch it pretty much every night. I really enjoy it before I go to sleep. Good way to catch up on what's going on in the sports world. Uh, right, from Tom in Totowa, New Jersey, maybe? Dear Sean, George, Roger, and Timothy. 
the Beatles. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> oh, this sounds like Bonds. Those are Bonds. Bonds, yes. My two second baseman, Jose Ramirez and Ozzy Albies, had off days yesterday, so I picked up Yomer Sanchez, and he did great. Should I hang on to Yomer Sanchez until he cools off? No. No. He is not a good offensive player. And you have two really good ones. He's on fire, though, Scott. White hot. Dear Kevin, Joey, Andy, and Sterling. The Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Book of Mormon. Maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe. I never saw that. I don't know. I'm getting a lot of different. I was thinking Yankees lefties, but I only had Andy and Sterling so far. I'm getting a lot of d- different results here on the Google. Ten-team head-to-head points, Dynasty League. I have Donaldson and Arenado. Uh, sounds great. Unfortunately, I can only play one because we utilize the DH position. I've been offered a trade where I send Arenado, I get Luis Severino and Jose Abreu. Should I do that? Give up Arenado for Severino and Abreu in a dynasty league? I no. would not do that. All right. I mean, no. I don't hate no. it. It's Yeah, I don't hate it either. It's just. Arenado, Dynasty League, only 10-team league, so, you know, that that increases the value of the elite players. It, you probably wouldn't have traded your third and fourth round pick for a first rounder. No, but it's, or you okay. probably wouldn't have traded a first round pick for a third and fourth. He can't start Donaldson, and he's not probably going to get that much for Donaldson in a Dynasty League, and he has Devers on the bench. Wow. Mm. Oh. It makes it more interesting with content. I think, yeah, like I, I think it's fine. I, I, I don't necessarily think I would definitely do it. There's I a lot of downside to that trade. Send an email to your entire league and say I've been offered Jose Abreu and Luis Severino <laughs> for Nolan Arenado. Who can beat that offer? That's a great idea. Somebody will. Yeah. From is, kind of that, a jerk uh, move. is that tampering? If you're giving the exact offer, I don't think it's tampering. No. Yeah, okay. Just say I've been offered an ace from the city of New York <laughs> and a really good first baseman from the city of Chicago. Just leak it. Uh, an ace, and if you say an ace with electric stuff, people will know it's not DeGrom that you're exactly. talking about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Jordan, rank these third basemen in order of droppability. Who's the most droppable? Matt Chapman, Evan Longoria, Jake Lamb, and Matt Davidson. I think it's Davidson. Matt Davidson. Wow. All right. Um, like Lamb, Lamb is currently on the DL, but this is a guy that people, despite our protestations, was being drafted around the top 100. So somebody's going to pick him up. Yeah. They're all pretty – like, Lamb's the only one I would say is undroppable. Protestations. That's a good word. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I, okay. Thanks. So I have the best words. I'm not sure I've ever heard that word, to be honest. I know. He doth protest too much. Adam K. from New York City. Dear Michael, Kenny, Paul, Al, David, Meredith, Jack, John, and Bob. How many people are on this podcast? <laughs> Those are all Yankees uh, Yes Network broadcasters. Uh, you always talk That's about. Uh, shut up, Chris. You protest too much. This is a starting pitcher question. I'll just cut to the chase. Are there any starting pitchers in the ten to five percent owned range that you would target for upside? Joey Lucchese. Lucchese, yeah. Yanni Chirinos. Nick Pavetta. <laughs> is he in that range too? Probably. There's three of them. Okay. Yeah. And. J- uh, Jake from Iowa gives up Justin Turner and Eric Hosmer gets Josh Donaldson in a keeper points league. Gives up Turner and Hosmer gets Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Yeah, I would do that. We're done. <sighs> Scott would not. Scott will sigh. I will end the yeah. show. Thank I'll you for listening. My trade chart. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a blessed 
Kokomo Friday. I'll see you at the Yankees game tonight. Let's go Yankees. Adios.